Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, presented by STBB. A conversation dedicated to answering your legal questions and a platform where our team of specialist attorneys share their expert advice and legal know-how with South Africans. In this morning's Legally Speaking episode, Belinda Lewis, Director of National Law Firm STBB, talks to us about how you can develop your residential property further and what is allowed by council in terms of the number of residential dwellings on the property, how you can potentially unlock income and or capital from your prized asset. Belinda, good morning. Hello. What is the general position with residential property in Cape Town and the number of dwellings or houses that can be built on one property? Hello, Mark, and to your listeners out there. So, Mark, in the municipality of the city of Cape Town, all urban have a base zoning that determines what a property may be used for and how it may be developed. Today, I'm going to talk about property zone single residential or SR1, as it is also known as. The good news is that the city of Cape Town allows up to three dwellings on a single residential property. The densification moved by the city of Cape Town in regards to single residential has been incremental. First, the bold shift in 2016 was to allow a second dwelling with that right automatically bestowed on owners of SR1 property. Then the boat was pushed out even further by the city with the further automatic allowance of a third dwelling in February of 2020. So for me, whilst the concept of SR1 property in its purest and historic form has been expanded over the past five years or so, looking at it from another angle, in fact, the single residence notion has been watered down because of these automatic use rights granted to the owners by the city. Owners and your listeners out there do not need to apply for any consent nor departure from the city nor go through any public participation process whatsoever should they want to build a second or third dwelling. It goes without saying that the dwellings need to comply with all zoning and building regulations and bylaws applicable in terms of what and how and where the building can be built on the property. The very important point to note, however, is whether there is a formal restriction to only one dwelling in your title deed. It needs to be checked out for that first and foremost. If so, and if it was imposed originally by the city or its predecessors, then it is essentially a rubber stamping process to have it removed. But if imposed by another party like a neighbor, That is, of course, a more difficult obstacle to overcome and the consent of that party would need to be sought and obtained before that owner could and should take a step further in the process. So we at STBB, as property attorneys or town planner, would be able to help your listeners assess these and other conditions in their title deeds and how to address them if they wanted to pursue this opportunity. Wow, Belinda, this is great news, surely, for property owners out there, and it must have opened up doors for properties to be developed in this way. It certainly has, Mark. You may be an owner just needing another dwelling for accommodation or an owner with land space on your earth which you want to maximize and build on and sell off, 
or an aspiring developer with a large piece of property which can be subdivided and each earth have up to three dwellings on it. So can the owner then subdivide and sell off these extra dwellings now? Mark, no, not necessarily at all. At the same time as granting these additional dwelling rights to owners out there for a second and third dwelling, council didn't grant them the automatic right to go and subdivide off those dwellings. The city's complex rules and regulations, bylaws and associated town planning procedures around subdividing SR1 property remain firmly entrenched and are directly linked to the zoning regulations for the area in which the property falls with minimum earth sizes in place first and foremost. So two title conditions must be observed in regards to whether there are any conditions of title restricting subdivision. So subdivision is an intricate process with a formal application to the city for approval, public participation, subdivision conditions to be met, a development levy payable to council, and so on. Not a quick and easy process, but certainly pursued where it is viable. So what then? How can an owner who has built additional dwellings sell them? What if the property cannot be subdivided? Or even if the property can be subdivided in that it is eligible for it, but the owner does not want to wait out the process, nor incur the cost and admin around it, is there another route or way to sell off the extra dwellings? Indeed, yes. And it is an exciting process, Mark. There has, over the last five years, and since the introduction of the second, then third dwelling allowance on SR1 property, been the opportunity to create and register a sectional title scheme on the property. Some of your listeners will no doubt be surprised to hear that they could actually create a sectional title scheme of two or even three units on their residential property. And it's understandable since sectional title is all too often associated with big blocks of flats and developments, managing agents, body corporates, parking, garages, and communal living as such. But one can actually register a small sectional title scheme and sell off one or all three of the sections. There is a big proviso and caveat though. One can only do it where there are two built residential components on the property, which will constitute the sections. So Belinda, who gets involved with this sectional title process? Who does the owner go to for advice? The owner, Mark, needs a team of a land surveyor and architect to configure the layout of the scheme as to the sections, the common property, exclusive use areas, as well as a property attorney to register the scheme, which is where we would come in. Sometimes a town planner is needed in conjunction to deal with any restrictions in the title deed. The buildings must have building plan approval and the land surveyor is obliged to check and verify that in his dealings. And if not in hand for the whole or any aspect of the property, or if there's any building work needed to configure the scheme better, like by building a common boundary wall between the sections or a separate driveway, etc., that building plan approval needs to run its course first before that land surveyor then comes on site to survey the buildings, common property, exclusive use areas, etc. All the usual and applicable building rules and regulations in regards to building on the property apply, as does heritage. There are also rules in regards to the second and third dwellings and how big they may be and to be of a similar architecture. For instance, what can be built is regulated, but, but not overly so. 
On a positive note, the sectional title process is generally a lot quicker and less costly than a subdivision process. And remember too, subdivisions are not always guaranteed of success, even when seemingly eligible for it on the face of it. Far less so with a sectional title scheme. Looking at a slightly different scenario, what if you only have one house on the property and you have space for another, but you don't have the means to actually build another residence or the inclination to? Can you then sell off a piece of that land and do a scheme with a purchaser building in due course? So, in other words, sell the buyer an opportunity to build their own home? So, Mark, this comes up very often and unfortunately not at all. And that's where there is a hindrance in this process. The owner has to either already have the second dwelling there or build it first and only then can a scheme be opened and ownership in that second section be transferred. Without the two residential components already built to be registered as two sections in the scheme, the very foundation and minimum requirement for a scheme is not met. Having said that, if you have a two-unit scheme to be registered with two already built sections as required, You as an owner or mini developer can reserve the right when opening the scheme to develop further on an identified piece of land within the scheme, depicting a rough indication of the intended build in terms of footprint and situation on that piece of land, and you can sell land in the scheme that way. So you cede your right to develop that land to the buyer to do so themselves as a third dwelling within the scheme on SR1 property. This is very good news for owners out there in terms of maximizing the potential that their property holds and releasing serious value in that. So who governs the scheme and who makes the rules? We register a homeowners association to govern the scheme in the process of registering the scheme with a tailor-made constitution which suits the very small scheme which it is. The usual scheme rules prescribed in terms of sectional title legislation Mark, used in large sectional title schemes are not suitable for the small boutique animal I've spoken about. And our fine-tuned constitution also allows for the two or three owners to live very independently with little regulation, meetings, financial affairs, communal dealings, generally speaking, which actually adds to the appeal of it as if it were not, in fact, a normal scheme at all. Lots to think about for many FMR listeners, I'm sure. Belinda Lewis, Director of National Law Firm STBB. How can listeners get hold of you to find out more, Belinda? Mark, I'm based at the Claremont branch of our firm. We have 11 branches with 100 professionals practicing throughout those branches across South Africa. And they can reach any one of us via our website, which is www.stbb.co.za. Legally speaking, this podcast has come to an end. Thanks for joining the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing, visit us at stbb.co.za for more info.